Now there's a number of questions that have come in that have to do with how do I hear the voice of God when I'm holding a particular question before him? Like, is this decision right for me? Should I take this path or that path in, in a certain... So what would you say to that? What about when we have a specific question we're bringing to God and we want to hear him in response to that question? Great question. I, I think, first of all, um, sometimes God speaks very quickly and clearly, and sometimes he takes a long time, and it drives you crazy. In my experience, um, when I try and force God to speak to me quickly about things, he just flat out refuses. And then sometimes he speaks really clearly and very quickly about things I wasn't even asking him about. And I guess it's because sometimes he knows better than we do. And sometimes he likes the asking. He likes the seeking, you know. Ask, seek, knock. But, 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 but actually it's the, the Greek verbs, are, you know, continuous presence. Ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. So uh, that's the first thing is, is, is keep asking. If you don't get the answer straight away, let, stay in a posture of, of asking, seeking God's face, you know, it's one of the great phrases of the scriptures, right? The second thing is don't get too spiritual about it. Um, you know, it, it may well be that part of God's answer to you, you come to him prayerfully, the question, but is through godly counsel. And, and sometimes we have such a kind of dualism in our thinking that it's like, you know, if this doesn't get revealed to me in my quiet time or from an angel or through a dream, I'm not interested. But it may just be that God wants to speak to you through somebody else. In fact, he generally prefers to speak to you through someone else than through an angel. And I can prove it. You've probably heard God more through a preacher or through his godly counsel than you have through angelic visitations. So he loves that because it builds relationship and it requires humility on our part. So seek godly counsel would be another key. Um, Thirdly, you know, if it's a very big question, I really believe in the power of prayer with fasting to, to focus the attention and, and, and even attract the attention of God. So sometimes uh, just, just a season of focused fasting. The next thing is sometimes move into a season of asking questions with other people. Um, I mean, obviously, there are things that are just very, very personal and, and intimate with God. But sometimes there are things where I will say to people, I, I, this is the question I'm asking the Lord. Would you join me in seeking him? Um, and if you know people who are good at hearing the voice of God, then ask them. I'll quite often with Chris Westhoff here say, hey, Chris, I'm, I'm seeking God around this right now. If you get anything, no pressure. Like, it's not dialer prophecy, you know, but if you get anything, I want you to know I'm all ears right now. Uh, and that's just more constructive than, than sitting there saying, God, I want you to speak at church, but you haven't told anybody that you're looking. So um, th there's a few pointers. There's a bunch of others I could say, but hopefully those are nice and practical. Yeah, another theme that I've seen emerging in the questions is, uh, does sin inhibit my ability to hear the voice of God? Whether that is a habitual pattern of sin that's in my life constantly, or even just, you know, I felt really prompted by God to do this or that, and I didn't, so is he less likely to speak to me again now because I ignored him last time? You know, God, God doesn't really object to sin, per se. 
the last Texan just dropped off. I know, but they're, they're flooding in in Portland. <laughs> so, so let me, shall I qualify that? I'll qualify that, if I may. What, what God is passionate about is his relationship with you. And so Satan will tempt you to do anything that will break your relationship with God. If going, is there a zoo in Portland? Okay. If going to Portland Zoo with one of those white plastic knives and stabbing an elephant would interrupt your relationship with God, you would be overwhelmed with a desire at times to go to the zoo with that white plastic knife. You look alarmed right now. I just, so, I, I love and respect you so much, and this, I, I, this is somewhere I've never gone stay, with you. Stay, <laughs> stay with me. Stay with me. So, so the, 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 the point is, we get so focused on sin, and I, I, listen, I, sin really, really, really matters, but I'm trying to explain why. The reason that, that, that sin is sin is because it interrupts our relationship with God. It stops us hearing. What's ha what happens after the fall? Adam and Eve, the first time, hide themselves from God. There's a sense of shame, a sense of, of I don't want, I don't feel comfortable in your presence anymore. And so what the enemy is continually trying to do is break your relationship with God. And absolutely that might mean temptations to do all sorts of things that are clearly wrong. But it might be just through obsession with playing golf, or it could be like through stress and busyness and things that might not in and of themselves be classified as sinful, but if it is breaking your relationship with God, then it is a problem. And so that's just a, a long way of saying a really simple thing. This isn't an algorithm or a formula, okay? And we are all messed up. And there is more grace in God than sin in you. And, and he, he can get through to you no matter what, you know. But as we choose righteousness and get up every day with a posture that says, whatever you tell me to do, the answer is yes. Okay? God, the answer is yes. What's the question? As long as we have that posture, we will hear God more. And if, on the other hand, we are saying no to God in our behaviors and our attitudes, so sin, then we will hear God less. And conscience, which is an important part of hearing God, uh, you can damage your conscience. If you continually go against it, if you continually sin, even though your conscience is in trouble, after a while your conscience stops complaining. That's a terrifying place to be. And your conscience can be restored, by the way. But uh, therefore, it does matter the decisions we make. But I, I'm not wanting anyone to say, well, I'm just too sinful to hear God because uh, there is more grace in God than sin in you. But yes is the answer to the question. Yes, I hear you saying that God is relentless, so he's not going to pull back from you. However, um, there is something about saying yes to him, even in, in that question about, will God speak less if I, if I ignored him last time? No, he'll keep speaking, but you may be harder of hearing. If, yeah. 
That's so much more helpful. Thank you, Tyler. And I also, yeah, I also heard you saying that a plastic knife isn't likely to break the skin of an elephant, right? Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I, yes. If any, please, animal, animal lovers out there, <laughs> trust me. I'm just. Uh, Two more questions. Yes. What about children trying to hear the voice of God? Is there something that parents can do to try to help their children engage the voice of God? Well, you, you've got two young, young boys. Yeah, you, I, what, I texted this one in. What, what, <laughs> okay, real, the, the, the straight answer is kids are often better at hearing the voice of God than anyone else. But, but they're also really good at hearing the voice of like, you know, everything else. So, it, you know. So uh, we, we, we were in a season of discernment once. We knew we'd been living in America. We'd returned to the UK. We were asking God where we were supposed to live. And uh, one of my mentors said to me, it's really important to pray with your kids about this decision. Don't just you hear from God and tell them. So like the kids are like about five and seven at this point. And so every night it's like, dear God, please show us where you want us to live. And then one day Sammy's like, um, coming back from, from, from elementary school, from uh, the, the school that the seven-year-old's at, and he hears the audible voice of God. He says to Sammy, I can hear a voice. And she says, don't listen to it because she thinks he's going crazy. And he goes, it's a nice voice. She says, those are the worst. And then he says, I think it's Jesus. He's, and she goes, oh yeah, I'm supposed to believe in that. So she goes, well, what's the voice saying? And he goes, that we're supposed to move to Guildford, which is the place we, we, we now live. Uh, and so uh, then uh, I phone my mentor and say, how much weight do you put on a seven-year-old hearing the audible voice of God? And he says, you're nuts if you ignore it, and you're nuts if you relocate your entire life on the basis of a seven-year-old. <laughs> so I said, thanks for nothing. <laughs> so then we go to the five-year-old and say, is God saying anything to you? And uh, honestly, this is what he does. He goes, I feel God is saying, if we move to Guildford, can we have a dog, please? <laughs> Which is how Noodle, the dog, came into our lives. So the point is this. We all hear God differently. Some it's a little more spectacular and mystical. Some it's more like, I want a dog. But, but yes, kids do hear God beautifully. The final question. Can you offer just a starting place? for someone that is trying to take prayer from a monologue to a dialogue? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the Lexio Divina really is a tool that will help you enormously in that. And um, you're making space to pray the Bible. So it, it feels like cheating, really, but... <laughs> You know, if, if you're not praying the Bible, what happens is you end up just saying the same things over and over and over again to God. It's like trying to talk about the weather all the time, right? But the Bible, every single page is a conversation starter. And if you dare to believe that's God speaking, then you're already out of the monologue, right? But often it will move off the page into a more dynamic uh, encounter. So that, that's one of the, the keys. And I'd say another thing is, even if you say to me, I think God's only spoken to me once in my life, fine. Go back to that and ask, what were the circumstances? How did I hear God? Was it audio, video, disco? You know, what, 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 what can I learn, not just about what God said then, but about how I am primed to listen? And that will give you some clues 
as to sort of maybe some of the ways in which you're likely to hear him uh, in the future. So, um, you know, the, the, and I think what you said is such a key. When you think God is speaking to you and you're not sure, act on it and you'll begin to find, oh my goodness, God is speaking to me. Uh, and often he speaks in very ordinary ways, we've heard, through thoughts in our heads, through words on, on the page of scripture, through some other human being. And learn to honor those as the word of God to you as well. So it doesn't all have to become wild and mystical. It can be feel quite ordinary often when God speaks to you. So I hope that's helpful.